about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. folks it's that time again for the rich core yanks podcast season three episode 29 uh, 82nd episode overall in the life of the show but 29th for season three uh welcome folks we got a little bit of a different show going solo this week as uh my partner in crime dylan is uh i'm sure on a beach somewhere drinking some kind of fruity drink with a little umbrella and a coconut as he watches um, some scantily clad ladies walk back and forth across him on the beach, uh, enjoying some well-deserved rest before he uh, gets back to it here for the fall season. So this week's going to be a solo show, um, so we're going to change the format just a little bit, keep a lot of the stuff that you like, but a lot of the segments like the trivia and uh, what's bothering Dylan, all that good stuff that you guys love, we'll have to wait until he gets back. Not sure if it'll be a two-week hiatus from Dylan or we will stretch and maybe just extend until the next episode when he's back might be another solo show next week but let's get to it tons to talk about in yankee world uh your audio this week's going to be matt carpenter talking about his uh injury which we'll talk about obviously um the other audio will be the harrison bader trade jack curry on the s network crew debating that and the mlb network uh breaking down frankie montos's uh first start as a yankee That'll be your audio at the end of the show today. So what we're going to do today is rather than go over results and go over some stuff, because it's been a while since we've been or had been here or had a chance to talk, we're going to talk about the acquisitions, and then we'll talk about the storylines that go along with each acquisition. And to break it down in just summary, and I'm not going to go into all of the minor league players that were moved out for the Yankees, because some of them, uh, not a lot of folks will know, and some of them will be inconsequential, but there are a couple that you should know about. So... Coming to the Yankees, Frankie Montos from Oakland, Andrew Benatendi, obviously the outfielder from the Royals, Lou Trevino, Scott Efros, and Harrison Bader come to the Yankees. Leaving the Yankees, obviously a big blow, Jordan Montgomery, Joey Gallo, which, okay. Uh, Ken Waldachuk, which was our number one pitching prospect in the minors, 
And J.P. Sears, who you guys all have had a chance to get a look at this year, has looked pretty solid and looks like he's going to have a pretty good career um, at the major league level. So you let go of some good players. You brought some good players in. This is what happens. You're not going to get something for nothing um, during the MLB trade deadline for sure. Nobody's going to help the Yankees out. Nobody's in business to help the Yankees out. This is a, a team that they are chasing for the most part. So they're not going to make it easy to uh, try to do deals and, and give the Yankees exactly what they need. All in all, I think they did pretty well. Uh, last time we recorded, me and Dylan were able to break down the Ben Attendee uh, part of the trade. And kind of right after we got off, uh, right before the actual deadlines when they pulled off these other moves. So let's go one by one and talk about it. Um, Frankie Montos is a great acquisition. I know he got roughed up in his first start. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, the guy had just been to a, a funeral the day before. He couldn't join the team right away. Um, coming from Oakland to New York, meeting the team on the road, I'm sure was a lot. Um, I'm going to give him a pass on that first start. I liked his demeanor. I liked his interview after the game. He didn't make up excuses. He got tattooed, and that was it. I think you're going to see good things from him. Um, now, the trade that everyone's going to be talking about is the way we got him and what we had to give up to get him and the moves that we had to make to make these things happen. So you give up your number one uh, pitching prospect of Waldachuk, who everybody was raving about for the last year down in the minors, and you give up J.P. Sears, who can step in right now for another team and perform. Um, so it's a big blow. Joey Gallo going away. Uh, we all knew this was coming. The fact that we got anything for him at all is good. Um, and we have kind of a log jam in the outfield, what we did up until uh, last night, essentially. And we'll get to that in a second on the Matt Carpenter injury. But the big loss I think that everybody was surprised is letting go of Jordan Montgomery. So you let go of a left-handed kind of middle-of-the-range reliever. Um, not easy to find in this in this league. A, a homegrown Yankee, a guy that's been with us for a long time. Um, you let him go to St. Louis and then just to rub it in our face, he takes us uh, three days later and uh, takes us out behind the woodshed and gives us good beating as we get swept by the Cardinals three straight. We're not going to talk about that. We'll give you an overview of the Yankees' poor performance towards the end of the show. But sticking with the actual trade scenarios here, look, you're going to have to give up something to get something. Now, you might ask yourself, like I asked myself, well, why are we giving up a starting pitcher who right now can pitch 150 to 175 innings, a lefty, for another outfielder? And if you listen to the audio that's going to be at the end of the show, you'll see a little bit of a breakdown of this um, Harrison kid. And everyone says, I, Harrison Bader, I have not had a chance to really watch him, to be honest with you. He's hurt right now. Let me get that out if you haven't heard. He is out with a, a foot injury. Due back, they're hoping mid to late September. Every, everybody's saying he's the best, physically the best defensive outfielder in the game of baseball today. Not offensively, but defensively. He can go get it with anybody. He's a local kid, grew up 11 miles from the stadium. Um, it looks to me like the Yankees just signed their center fielder for the next few years going forward. He's under control for a few years. Um, so all of that is great. Uh, offensively, not really sure what we're going to get out of him. Everything I'm hearing is very, you know, slap hitter, very IKF type of hitter, um, which is okay in our lineup for the most part. But apparently he can go pick it in the center field. I've watched just highlights. i got to be honest with you. I don't know a ton about him, but excited to get him in here and see him play. Now, that leads to another story, which with me and Dylan were talking about last week, was what do you do with Matt Carpenter? Well, that problem kind of took care of itself last night. Uh, Matt Carpenter fractured his foot on a foul ball. Fouls went off his foot. Um, season possibly over. I know he said he's uh, possibly looking at the fact that maybe he could get back 
for the stretch run the last couple weeks of the season. Um, I don't know. To me, that's kind of pie in the sky. I don't, I mean, you need your foot. If you look at his swing, um, it's very necessary. Um, but I mean, listen, not to be glass half full, glass half guy. I was the guy that was calling saying that you're going to have to either uh, release him or do something with him because you have too many outfielders. And I know they weren't going to release Hicks. So this kind of takes care of that problem. Once Bader does come back, um, Hicks becomes your fourth outfielder then. So you can go with, uh, you know, Stanton at DH. You can then have uh, Bader, Judge, and Benintendi in the outfield. And your backup uh, outfielder would be the switch hitting Hicks, which kind of solved the problem for us. That doesn't fix the problem at DH where, you know, then you have the DJ LeMahieu problem, the Josh Donaldson problem. Who do you sit on the infield there? Uh, one of those guys has to sit every day, but you're back to a problem that we talked about, which I think is a good problem to have, which is too many good players. Um, you know, and then you have the thing of do you want Stanton to play DH instead of playing the field? And, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. I know he plays better when he's defensively in the game, but uh, come playoffs time, which is what these moves are made for, let's be honest, these moves are made for playoffs. These moves are not made for the regular season. You don't give up uh, a Jordan Montgomery for the regular season. You give him up because you know you're only going to go three deep in the playoffs as far as starters are concerned. And those spots are locked up with Cole, Montos, and Nestor, where you're going to have Sevi, who's proven last year when he came back that he can work a little bit out of the bullpen. You got Domingo Herman, who's been solid in his coming back, starting to build his pitch count up, who also can pitch out of the bullpen, has done it before a little bit. Um, there was no real room for Montgomery anyway. Now, you could say you're, you're hurting your next year or the year after. Yankees are all in for this year. This is what they're doing these moves for. These moves were clearly made for a playoff run. You have a defensive guy in Bader who can go get it at the end of the games. You don't have to worry about him tracking down balls. I know I've heard a lot of comments about, oh, well, Judge has played a great center field. He has. Clearly, the Yankees see him as a right fielder. Um, that's where he's going to be uh, when they re-sign him, and I fully expect them to re-sign him this year. He will be in front of that judge's chambers in right field for the majority of his career going forward as a Yankee. Um, and it looks like this Harrison Bader kid, assuming he can come back from this injury, is going to be our center fielder for years to come. Now, let's not forget that, you know, Ben Attendee is a rental. He's a free agent at the end of this year. So he can re-sign, of course, or he can just go. In that case, he's just slide Stanton back into that left field spot. And then you're really only looking for... Um, possibly another backup outfielder. So we'll, we'll deal with next year when we get to next year. So um, as far as the moves are concerned and grading um, Brian Cashman, I got to say he did a decent job. Um, I know the Yankees were in on uh, the kid from uh, the other Marlins pitcher up until the last minute, but I guess the stumbling block was they wanted labor, didn't want to give up Torres. Uh, I think that's a smart move. Torres still has more upside than downside at second base, I believe. Um, he did become kind of expendable when you have DJ LeMay who can slide right into that role right there, but then you're really challenging your depth. And it's for another starting pitcher, which the Yankees have shown that, you know, they're all in this year. I guess they'll deal with next year, next year, as far as the rotation is concerned. You hate to see somebody like Montgomery go because you know he's going to be a fixture in St. Louis or somebody's rotation for years to come. But overall, I think it was a good off, a good uh, trade deadline. We did what we had to do. Gave up. The big one that really hurts is the two pitching prospects, the ones that we know, which is Waldachuk and J.P. Sears. But uh, Ken Waldachuk, you know, I didn't see him on a major level. He's still just a prospect, but everybody had good things to say about him. But I saw J.P. Sears. We all say J saw J.P. Sears. 
And that kid's legit. He can throw. He can pitch out of the bullpen. He can be a starter. And that's another guy that you're going to have to see for years to come now um, battling against you. So we'll see if it's worth it. It'll only be worth it if we win a world championship. And I think that's what we know the Yankees are after, you know, is a world championship. So, all right. So we broke down the trades. We broke down the audio. Let's talk about Matt Carpenter a little bit more in detail with a fractured foot. Um, This is just a tough break. The Yankees have gotten away pretty much all year injury-free. Let's face it, um, for the most part. I know Stanton's been out for a while now, but they seem to be really taking their time with Stanton. And why wouldn't you when you still have a double-digit lead? Just barely a double-digit lead. And I'll talk about that in a second, too, because I told myself I wouldn't panic until the lead got to single digits. And we hit that two days ago. Back up last night after the first win in uh, against Seattle. Back up to a, a double-digit lead. But it's teetering there. So the Yankees have not played good ball over the last 35, 40 days. They're a 500-ball team right now. The good thing is, is that the rest of the AL East is beating the crap out of each other, and they have a ton of games against each other still. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and, you know, uh, Toronto and the Orioles play each other 14 more times this year. The uh, Red Sox and the Blue Jays have games against each other still. The Rays and the uh, Blue Jays have games against each other. So they're going to keep battling each other and beating each other up. We just got to kind of hold tight, let all these guys get back. Um, we've got some good signs, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, some players starting to perform well. But as far as to wrap up the trade deadline here in this segment, I'll say uh, I'll give it an, a solid B, B+. I love getting Frankie Montos. I've liked him in Oakland for a really long time. I think he's going to be a stud. He's proven he can beat big teams like the Astros and stuff, and that's what we got him for. Uh, a lot on the line tonight. This, I'm recording this uh, as we get ready for Game 2 in Seattle. Garrett Cole goes tonight. Very interested to see how he does. He's had some shaky performances lately. Time for him to really step up and knuckle up for the rest of his starts going towards the uh, playoff stretch here. We need him to be an ace. Nestor's rebounded very nicely. I think Montos will be just fine. Um, we don't have to rush to get Sevi back. I think Herman has played very well in that role right there. So we'll see, guys. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we'll break down some more. Uh, we'll get to your mailbag questions, of course. And uh, we'll do a little baby bomber report and all that good stuff in just a second. Folks, welcome back to the Rich Corey Yanks podcast. We're at season three, episode 29, a solo edition of the show here. As uh, the partner in crime, Dylan, on a little vacation. Let's get to the Baby Bomber report. The Tarpons, 22-12. and 12. The uh, Somerset Patriots, 18-14. and 14. The Renegades of Hudson Valley, 20-15. and 15. And the Rail Raiders starting to climb here, 54-50. and 50, A little bit over 500. So, uh, as far as the prospect watch, Volpe's been pretty stagnant the last couple weeks. And... Uh, a nice defensive player. I don't know if you saw the highlights of uh, our boy, the Martian, Jason Dominguez, now that he's not being traded um, in his rehab stand. So nothing much going on with the Baby Bomber report. But before we get to the mailbag, I just want to talk about the overall performance of the Yankees uh, the last four or five weeks. Um, like we said, it's been pretty much around 500. It's kind of been lackluster. It's almost, I get the feeling, watching this team like that they're kind of content, kind of sitting on a lead, running out the clock. There hasn't been anything that's really inspired them. I thought they'd get fired up for the Cardinals series, seeing as how 
you know, it's a team that we don't get to play very much. Didn't seem to do much as far as inspiration for them. I know all the games weren't blowouts, but uh, I look in the dugout. If you look at the mannerisms, I mean, some terrible calls by the umpire on the Sunday game. Just awful. Uh, Boone was right to get thrown out of that game to get tossed. The calls were awful. Literally could have cost us. Uh, bases loaded, nobody out, and uh, Marwin Gonzalez is up, and three pitches clearly out of the zone call for strikes. We've got to get robot umps, but I don't want to go off on a tangent. You guys, have, if you've listened to older episodes of the show, you know my stance on that. But uh, I know a lot of people are panicking right now because uh, they haven't been playing great baseball. I think they'll be fine. We couldn't have expected the starting rotation to go the entire year like this. Uh, you can't expect everybody on the offense, with the exception apparently of Judge, to perform like this all year. The one thing I will say is, um, look, you ride streaks. You, you hope the losing streaks aren't massive, and they haven't been. They've been playing around 500 ball. It hasn't been a losing, losing streak. It's win one, lose two, win two, lose two. Um, you know, so those are the kind of losing streaks that you'll still you'll, you'll deal with. And like I said, we're sitting currently 10 and a half up in the division. Uh, we were what as high as 14 or 13 and a half. So it wasn't like we lost a tremendous amount of ground in this during this six week kind of period where we played mediocre baseball. So as far as the Yankee fans are concerned, I would relax. Don't stress it too much. I think this team is fine. I think they'll be fine. Uh, they need to get some of these guys back healthy Rizzo, um, having his back issues right now, Stanton, obviously, Severino. I do get the feeling also that these guys are probably a lot closer, and had this been a season where we were literally, uh, you know, one or two games out of uh, first place, I think you'd see Rizzo playing right now. I think Stanton would be back. I don't think Sevy ever would have went to the 60-day IL. Um, I think these guys would be playing, but the facts are we do have a double-digit lead in the division, and there's no sense to rush these guys back again. Everything is for the postseason. This is a postseason team. This is a team built to try to win a championship this year. And that's what everybody is all in on. And that's what we have to focus on as Yankee fans. I think that's the most important thing for us to, to consider during these streaks right here. So um, I don't have a what's bothering uh, Dylan, obviously, because Dylan is not here today. But I'll give you a what's bothering Rich today and or this week or this, this month or whatever it is. And it's not the strike zone although that's been horrendous. It is, and I don't. I, I, I know there's nothing you can do about it. Um, if you're a huge sports fan like I am, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening to this show are, you know this is the type of uh, the time of the year when your favorite radio hosts or TV hosts or whatever all take vacations. And uh, it's to the point now where in the middle of the baseball season, besides the baseball game, I can't even watch decent sports news coverage because there's nothing on everybody's on vacation really frustrating i just wish especially with these partners where there's teams um you know a two-man team or a three-man team they should be taking vacations separately you know so the whole show isn't on vacation you know i i, I don't listen to every minute of uh, you know sports radio but i have it on in the background during your everyday life and it would be nice to have that show there. You know, I know in New York, there's two schools of thought. You got your FAN guys, you got your ESPN guys. I am going to be the minority. I understand this. Listen, I grew up on FAN. I was a kid listening to Steve Summers at night during the overnights on, on my AM radio um, back when the signal was weak. Um, I am, I, I, I love FAN for what it is. But right now, unfortunately, um, outside of the morning show, I usually listen to ESPN. Um, I'm definitely listening to Michael K in the afternoons over the WFAN 
uh, drive time Carton vehicle only because I'm not a big fan of Evan Roberts. I don't think he brings much to the table. Carton's great. He's funny. He's entertaining. But when I want pure sports talk and I'm a huge Yankee fan, I'm getting more Yankee insight, obviously, from Michael Kay being the voice of the Yankees. He's going to give you some insight usually that you don't get. But that being said, I digress a little bit. Just take vacation separately. Michael Kay hasn't been on his radio show and it seems like five, six weeks. It's unbelievable. So, but even this week, neither of the guys, no, you got a three-man team and none of the guys are there. If you have a three-man team for a radio show, there is no reason that one of you shouldn't be there every single day. But so that's what's bothering Richard today. So, all right, let's go to the mailbag. We'll be right back with your mailbag questions right after this. got mail. Alright gang, time for your mailbag questions. If you guys want to reach out to the show, very easy to do. The easiest way to do that is with email richcoryanks at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on the socials or follow the socials, I know I get a lot of complaints. I'm not super active on that. Just kind of post when the new episodes are out. Uh, very lazy on some of the stuff. I apologize for that. But um, you will always know when the new episode's coming out if you're... If you're uh, platform doesn't notify you by itself i'll uh, remind you as well but rich core yanks on the twitter the facebook the instagram all that good stuff feel free to follow us there but today's question is from cj from staten island love the show love the two man back and forth i love the two different perspectives that you and dill give showcasing different generations of baseball keep up the good work um Thank you, CJ. That's a, that's a cool compliment. And that's what I think. Uh, I don't know if I've said it on the actual show or not. I think that's been uh, the success of why the show has been getting better. Um, maybe not the best week to highlight that on a solo show when Dylan is not actually on the show. But um, no, I definitely think that our two different perspectives, somebody a little bit younger from one generation, me, I'll call it from the old stadium generation, um, giving different point of views and different perspectives are definitely a big plus of the show. Um, but it's all thanks to you guys. I mean, again, this, this show, I'll say it a million times, started out as just me being able to get on here and yell and scream at the wall when the Yankees do something that annoy me. And it's become um, a way to vent. And, you know, judging by you guys' feedback, a lot of you guys are enjoying the content. So I appreciate it. Keep supporting the show. The numbers are better than I could have ever hoped for. Um, what started out as a little hobby has become a little bit of a cult following. And we've got a nice little groundswell of people who check out the show every single week. And look, we're at 82. We're going to hit 100 episodes at some point this season. And uh, the show being successful has everything to do with you guys, has very little to do with me, has a little bit more to do with Dylan joining the show, but uh, has a, a ton to do with you guys supporting um, everything that we do and listening every week and subscribing and telling other people about it. So keep it coming. All right. So complaint department this week is from... I, I'm going to say the name wrong. I know for sure, but Lavelli, Lavelli or Lavella from New Jersey. Um, I don't understand. And again, guys, I read these verbatim from the messages, from the email, from however they come in. So uh, grammar or sentence structure I know is appalling, but it's not always me. So Lavello or Lavelli says, um, how come all of these sports shows are male-based with male hosts. 
there are more and more females becoming successful in the field of sports and athletics. Why don't shows like yours have a female voice uh, to go along with the male-dominated viewpoint? Okay, well, um, I will say this. Um, I agree with you. There's been a lot of women that have uh, come on as of late the last few years in sports, and I think it's a good thing. Um, I do have some thoughts on that, but I'm going to answer your question directly here. It's because uh, no woman's volunteered. So Lavella, Lavelli, um, if you want to reach out and if you're knowledgeable about the Yankees and, and you would like to join the show, I will absolutely send you a link and you can join the show and we can try it. We can talk. Uh, we can see how it goes. And if you're willing or any other young lady out there is willing or wants to participate in the show, we'll give it a little test run. And if you guys are legit and I think that you vibe with me and Dylan, I'm not above putting another voice on the show at all. I'm especially a female voice. I do not discriminate when it comes to Yankee fandom. If you're a Yankee fan, and I've seen a lot of women out there that are that are diehard Yankee fans, um, I've seen a lot that are Fairweather fans too, but that goes for male or females. Um, but I'm not opposed to it all. So uh, if you're up for the challenge, I will send you a link or I can DM you. I'll respond to this email as soon as we get off um, with information. And, uh, you know, we can do a little test and we can talk a little more and see if you're legit and if you'd like to participate. So, you know, be part of the solution, not the problem if you think it is a problem, which I don't. Now, that being said, and the grander scheme of thing as far as women are concerned in sports broadcasting i have no problem with it look i am a red-blooded uh, male um i enjoy looking at women for sure um and if you're a smart knowledgeable baseball person i don't care first of all what you look like um i will debate yankees and talk yankees no matter what you are that you know Listen, I'm sure some people would look at me and say, hey, he's nothing to look at. Listen, it's not about that. It's about your love for the sport and your love about the Yankees. And listen, I'll debate somebody who's not a Yankee fan as long as they're knowledgeable. I love a good back and forth. I, I can go all day long, you know, with a Yankee hater. Has nothing to do if you're male or female. Now, that being said, I have noticed a trend of a lot of the new females in sports are attractive young ladies. Um, and I've heard a lot of feedback saying, oh, look, they're only hiring these girls because they're good looking. I want you to also look at the men broadcasting games. For the most part, not commentary, I'm talking about broadcasting. Most of these men are decent, attractive looking men, too, because it's a TV property. You know, sports broadcasting is a TV element now. So, you know, who's on TV for the most part? Good looking guys. There's a reason that, you know, the Chris Helmsworth are, are, are in 18 movies if you go through your movie channels right now. It's not an accident. Um, now, when you're talking about sports commentary, that's a completely different field. I would say what me and Dylan do here are sports commentary. It's opinion-based. It's just our opinions. That's all it is. Um, I'm not going to go on TV. Um, I, we do do some video or stuff like that. I'm putting that th out there at my own risk. But the audio portion of the show is literally just that. It's, it's strictly opinionated. And any girl that wants to come on and participate, I encourage. But, you know, listen, you're, we're not going to deny that when you're watching a, a sporting event at home and you're trying to get men to pay attention, or females for that matter, who enjoy seeing not only um, appealing people for, you know, physically but knowledgeable as well and uh, i think you've noticed especially in baseball look around most of the field house reporters um are attractive ladies that are actually covering the clubhouses and stuff like that that's not an accident you know they didn't they didn't accidentally trip over somebody and say oh wow wow you, you happen to know baseball and you're attractive no that's on purpose like it or not it is what it is it's a television medium so but i appreciate the feedback i appreciate good and 
negative feedback, continue to send it in. RichcoreYanks, gmail.com is where you send it. Uh, the podcast is on all the socials. Everything has been going great, guys. I appreciate the feedback. Thank you so much for sticking with the show. I apologize. It's a one-man show this week. Maybe just one more week, and then we'll get back to Dylan. We'll keep rocking and rolling, going into the home stretch here. Um, we're out in Seattle right now. West Coast game's tough. I know it's hard to stay up for a lot of you folks. But Wednesday is a 4 o'clock game, Eastern time, so you get to relax a little bit there. Um, and then we go the day off on Thursday. We fly back, and you got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday game against the Boston Red Sox. Follow that up with a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in New York, back home against the Rays. And then in Toronto. Oh, no, back home. I'm sorry for Toronto. So that's a tough stretch, guys. Once we get done with Seattle, who are not a pushover, two more games, we then have three against Boston in Fenway. We have three against Tampa at home, and we have another four against Toronto at home, followed up by two versus the Mets and then Oakland. So, I mean, we have a stretch coming up here of, let's see, two more. We won last night in Seattle, so you got two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen tough games in a row. Two weeks chock full of games that are going to be very tough for us. Um, so don't jump off the ledge, guys. These are tough games. Um, of course, you want to see some progress. You want to see him beat some of these better teams. But don't worry about it. Help's on the way. Rizzo will be back. Stanton will be back. All these guys will be back. And again, you know what? I think you'll be more relaxed and you'll live longer if you just take my approach of as long as it's not uh, uh, an under a, a single digit lead in the AL East there's nothing to worry about you know we go into the season with a double digit lead we're in good shape I will say this year more than any other year you want that first round bye you want to win either the one two or the third seed one and two seed are going to get a bye but the third seed I believe is no is, is guaranteed no worse than um uh a uh, good matchup in the first round. Let, let's let's just put this in perspective. We'll talk more about this last week, or we'll wait until Dylan gets back, and we'll talk more as we get closer to the playoffs. But think about the difference in the playoffs this year for the Yankees. If the Yankees and the Astros continue to go back and forth where they are, they're going to be off the first week. Let's just say a, a wild card team is the Rays, and they're going to play, let's just say, the Mariners in the first round matchup. Let's just use that as an example. The better team with the better record is going to get the three home games. So they, let's say it's Tampa. They have a better record than the Mariners. They're going to get a three-game series at the Trop. They're going to have to pitch their two best starters. Um, all three of those are two of those three games because you need to at least win two of the three. Perfect world for us. You'd want that to go three games. That team's then going to have to fly to New York and play the Yankees in the Bronx, in the Bronx having just used all of their good pitchers and – you know, you're traveling with one day off, I think, in between the wild card series and the next round of the playoffs. So huge advantage to us for winning this division. I know it's all for the playoffs, but part of the playoffs is going to be positioning ourselves in a good position. We want that one or two seed. That's what we want. The two seed's not as important as the one seed because then you're just talking about home field advantage for the American League Championship. Not, yes, the American League Championship Series. Again, we all think it's going to be Yankees-Astros. Um at the end let's hope let's knock on wood that that's what it is so really what the yankees are playing for right now in this moment is who's going to get the seventh game at home um in that series in the american league championship series so one or two really doesn't matter outside of that best record in baseball doesn't really matter um 
it does matter getting locking down that one or two seed, and that's what I think Yankee fans should be focused on right now. So whether we get it or the Astros get it, that's all that matters is getting those two. We're going to get into some more juicier topics last week. We've got to get more into Judge's great year. We've got to get more into his contract situation. And now the twist with adding the center fielder, what that might or might not do to their plans for next year. But right now, let's focus and enjoy what we have right now. Your Yankees are 10 games up in the American League East. Um, 71 wins um, is nothing to sneeze at if you would have told us that we would have had 71 wins before the season started on August 9th. You would have signed up for that in a second. So enjoy it, guys. Don't take it too seriously. Um, try to relax. Enjoy the ride, like I said a few weeks back. Um, and let's see where we're at about a week from now. Um, we'll have a lot more to talk about. We'll have a much better snapshot of what the Yankees look up, look like without Carpenter. Um, Donaldson's starting to heat up, which is a good thing. Thank goodness for his sake, because I thought he could have been the next Joey Gallo to start getting booed out of the building. Um, but let's see who steps up. Let's see if any of these guys like the Donaldsons or the IKFs um, or DJs can continue to stay hot and carry us through this period. So enjoy the baseball, guys. We will talk again real soon. Um, until then, go Yanks. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Harrison Bader, the center fielder who the Yankees are reportedly acquiring for Jordan Montgomery, is on the injured list with plantar fasciitis. He'll be shut down for several weeks and is wearing a walking boot, but the Cardinals had said they expected him to return before the end of the season. Now, he was on his way back, Jack, but then the Cardinals pulled him back. Right, so he's here because he can play a great defensive center field. And when he's ready to play, the Yankees will obviously welcome that defense with open arms. Bader won a gold glove last year. As I mentioned earlier, as strong as Judge was in center field, I do think when you're talking about your best everyday, best all-around player, if you can protect him a little bit by giving him some more reps in the corners, I think that's what you want to do. Well, the one corner. He plays right field. You know, we were talking about roster moves all day on our trade deadline cut-ins, Jack, and we were thinking about Domingo Herman being the odd man out. Now that Jordan Montgomery is out of the picture, as Michael Kay mentioned, do you think he just slots right in there to the rotation? At this moment, and we do know that trades can happen beyond the 6 o'clock hour, but at this moment, yes, Herman survives in the rotation. I thought last night after the game that he would be the odd man out because you're going to need to find a spot for Montas. But now with Montgomery being sent to the Cardinals, it seems as if Herman uh, will be able to keep that spot. Montgomery had a strong Yankee career. He had a solid Yankee career. And as I said, he was all about consistency this year. It gave the Yankees a ton of consistency. So if Herman is the choice over Montgomery, the Yankees are telling you that there is a stronger belief in Herman and that he can come back and be better than he has been in his first couple of starts. He is a guy who does have an 18-win season on his resume. It 
is a Monday and the hit and run is on. Yankees acquired Frankie Montas at the trade deadline and his first outing wasn't how he dreamt it up. One outing does not a season make, Al Leiter. There's more to it. He was on the bereavement list. Yep. He barely had time to game plan with Jose Trevino. That can't be easy, right? No, it's not. And especially, Lauren, it was 12 days prior he pitched against Houston when he was still with the A. So that period of time and then the bereavement of his mother-in-law. But the, the, the unique aspect of when you're traded in season, Thero, have you been in yes. season? So there's a little bit of a honeymoon that you hope you get. And the only reason when I saw his game yesterday, I watched, I watched all of it, was I had a similar experience. I got uh, uh, traded to the Yankees uh, on a waiver deal. And this was my first start. And I'm telling you how wacky it is. And I'm only showing it because my scouting report and meeting my new teammates was literally in the Fenway Clubhouse Sunday night ESPN game of shaking hands with my new teammates. And I had a scouting report with Jorge Posada and Mel Stottlemyre in the training room about what I'm going to do and, and how you I were pitch. Absolutely dominant. No, and I had a good game. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I was terrible. No, and I, I, I will say this. I know. This equates to Montas because you dealt. Yes. No. The moral of the story is I was awesome. In that no. Situation. See, that's why I didn't want to go there. However, thank you, thank you, that's right for putting the for the line score. So the I, the so idea of having a new team, how guys handle it differently, and yeah. no. No, listen, I'm not playing the uh, you know, give me some love thing. You're the best. However. Not knowing the guys. Some guys have to ease into it. There right? was, it was weird. I'm telling you. I came in. I'm shaking hands with my new teammates. First day I'm of sitting, school. Yeah. I did, like, give me a day or two to, like, hang out and, like, feel my way. And not so only he that, comes he back. has to be the savior on this Yankees team. Right. right? So he's coming in the game. He's 96-plus fastball. He's got a good split slider. We know what he can do. He's a good pitcher, to say the least, plus stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're on the eight ball, you're missing, you're leaving balls up, you give up six runs in three innings. How quickly of not feeling unsettled, and that's what you get. That's not indicative of what Frankie Montas is. Not what I think my I, I know what you think. I can tell by your face. <laughs> tell us. He's the least of my concerns. Oh, yeah, that's not a concern. He had great stuff. He had out-of-whack mechanics. He left some balls over the heart of the plate. And up. I'm going to give him a pass. What I won't give a pass is the fact that they're expecting this guy to be locked down for them, okay? I think that's a lot to ask Frankie Montas to come over and... To Are put they really? Yes. No, he's coming over as a number three. Come on, D-Row. I need you to pitch a playoff game. Okay, he's your number three. Okay, I, my lineup's got outs in it right now. My lineup has a few outs in it right no, now. You want him to be better than that, but he, he didn't. No, you I'm didn't more concerned for... about what I see with the offense. I'm more concerned with I need Clay Holmes to be right. I got there, it. I there's got some it. other things this that are worrying This isn't an in-season prime Randy Johnson going to Houston. Exactly. No, it, 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 he'll fit. But you like... traded away Montgomery. You traded away the Sears kid, not that he was going to get meaningful innings. But what I'm saying is that you just put a lot of heat for him to be really, really good. The depth has concerned you for quite a while. Did this play and this call concern you? Rocco Baldelli was heated on this. We saw D-Rose tape about him being the principal because he was making sure you knew how he felt. Kevin Biggio to left. Call on the initial throw home was out. Blue Jays challenged it. He was called safe because of blocking the plate. Here's Rocco, postgame. It's... One of the worst moments I think we've seen of umpiring in any game I've ever been a part of in baseball. And I think it was pathetic what, what just played out. He was upset. He said that play is never called. 100%. He had a problem not with the umpires, 
with New York. With the rule. Lawrence, the rule. I know, you're right. With the a guy not in target field, not having a field. First of all, the rule needs to be changed. Feel. <laughs> the rule needs to be changed. Well, uh, everyone in life, will you just have a feel? No, but it's a rule. The, the, the umpires are going by a rule. That's ridiculous. The rule's bad. You catch it. If, the, if, if Merrifield did what he was supposed to, I saw he was blocking the plate, so I slid into him, he should have knocked him into the first base dugout if that's what you really felt. The, where is he Listen, supposed to go? Exactly. Die? Sanchez is receiving a ball. That's part of the play. It's a ridiculous rule. Lauren, the rule. Tell Have me. you read it? Yes, read it. Okay, if a catcher blocks the plate without possession of the ball, the runner will be safe. However, a catcher may block the plate to field if throw if the umpire determines he could have otherwise fielded it. That's the rule. So it's automatic. If you don't have the ball, you Sounds can't. Sounds like the peanuts. That's never called, though. He didn't have the ball yet. I know. It's a ridiculous rule. I but was, they, the, the, the ruling was right. The rule is... Listen, not. it was done in good faith. I was there in 2011 when Buster Posey got destroyed for no reason by a guy on the Marlins who yep. was trying to make a name for himself in the clubhouse. I get both sides of it. And yep. it ended up forcing Buster to retire probably earlier than he should have. Wow. Okay? With the hip and the leg and yeah. everything that... Mike Piazza used to get blown up all the time. Wait. The same. He was pretty good. We're not going We're not going back to guys getting blown up. I'm not saying I want that. We're not that. going back. But I'm you got to give... That. I mean, right there, common what sense What is the catcher supposed to do? Nothing. Do exactly what he did. And Blue Jays... Blue Jays what? I mean, they I can't believe they challenged it. I Why? Guess you, I get because you got to. I guess you're challenging you stole the a, You stole a W. Uh, I can understand Rocco's frustration. Yes, I've never seen him so upset. He's got a division to win. Hey, remember when I asked bad, you? Bad rule. If the Padres. But this has happened instantaneously. Bad interpretation of the rule. Sir, remember when I asked you if the Pods put themselves in no. line with the Dodgers after the trade deadline? The Dodgers were sick of hearing that. They went out and swept the Padres over the weekend. Check out Kevin Acey's beat writer for the Padres. Tweet. <laughs> sweet dance. Sweet Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> Padres swept by the Dodgers. Manny Machado was not worried. Why? And this was his answer. He shouldn't personally be worried, but you, you have to have felt some type of. Really? Yes. Oh, Lauren. But I, I mean, Team you Sweep. just traded for the world. All it, lies team, were on you. Teams sweep teams all the time. That's Got cool. it. At the end of the day, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make. Okay. Not, not in August. Not they after got whacked what, right what there. Said. <laughs> okay, okay. No, it's not even close. The run differential was 57. Okay. 57 since last year. When's the last time someone's beaten a Dodger starting pitcher? When is Make that ever happening again? Tyler they, Anderson? Tyler Anderson's changeup. They don't lose. He's got like zero. a double yeah. hitch working. Gonsolin. Arias. Gonsolin's gone. He's he's not as yeah. what he was early on. They have two the aces offense. coming back. Two. Yeah, Bueller. Kershaw. Cody Bellinger sitting in the Dustin nine May. Hole, former and May. MVP. Former MVP just chilling in the nine spot. Okay. Not an ace. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you sign a contract? Wait, if I'm the Padres, though. What? We're going to get to it real quick. You should be worried because you don't have the wild card on lockdown. Like, you're not running away with the wild card. The Braves are three and a half up on everybody. And 
they're in third place. Phillies overtook the Padres in the wild card. And Milwaukee, whoever loses the Central yep. is going to be in that fight as well. Who's and losing if the Central? St. Louis is going to win that division. And if San, right and if San Francisco gets rolling, which I personally don't believe they're going to get rolling, but if they – so you don't just have the postseason where we're not concerning ourselves. Mm. you got to get in. Yeah. Brewers had the lead in that division. Now it's a two-game St. Louis lead. Emotional. I know what you're going to say. He says, right. when are you going to listen to John Mosellock did you, something. When are you going to listen I don't know. <laughs> Everybody in the division got worse. It's like you're going to trade your best player on your team. <laughs> you know when you sign a contract, you sign the paper, and it goes into your file? Someone bought. Are you ready for this? Someone bought Bobby Bonilla's contract. For a hundred and look at your face, Al. How much? For $180,000. What are you doing with it? I, Where are you keeping it? Oh, well, you're a Mets fan, I guess. 180 grand is like a trip on one of those yachts below deck. You ever watch that show? On? At Bravo? Yeah, you 100% have seen it. Yeah, those, those, the, the crew on that. But I'm saying, would you rather have, <laughs> would you rather have a couple pieces of paper to say Bobby Benny is getting but... money for? I'd rather go the Amalfi Coast and slide down slides <laughs> if off the yacht. Those are your options: <laughs> Amalfi Coast with below deck Mediterranean, right? Or two pieces of paper. I don't know. Is there a market for that? <laughs> I don't think I have a contract I've signed. Remember, you have uh, to. You have to keep them. What do if you have one? Wants to pull you know, I have a fast one on you. Yeah, they're in five. The big dog one you kept. They're in five. <laughs> Not with the way you've been playing, just how frustrating is it to have this happen here? No, I mean, it's obviously not ideal. I mean, you know, pretty, pretty disappointing. But uh, you know, I, I, my mindset is that this won't be the end for me here this year. I mean, I'm hopeful that I can come back and contribute, and you know, haven't don't have a timeline yet, but um, I'm hopeful for the best. Where, where exactly did it get you? Where's the problem? Um, just like on the top of my foot, um, you know, the, I think what, what really hurt me was, uh, I mean, I fouled balls off my feet, you know, all the time, it happens all the time, but the fact that it was my back foot and my, I was on my, I was rotating and like up on my toe, there was nothing behind it, like no ground behind it to force. So the ball just kind of like snapped the, you know, snapped the bone. So, um, just a fluky unfortunate deal but these things happen how did it feel between innings say you come off the field and what was it like i knew it was i knew it was broke like i knew something was wrong when i did it um but i thought that um i could you know finish the bat and get that run in um but then when i went to swing on the next pitch i mean as soon as i started to like plant and rotate on that back foot my like lower body like gave out and I wasn't able to I mean thankfully I mean you know probably the best thing that happened to swing and miss here because if I'd have hit it and had to run I might have made it worse so um but I knew it wasn't good Matt has this ever happened to you before no I've never I've never no you know I mean I've I've only been on the DL once or t maybe maybe twice but it was a soft tissue injury I've never broke a bone so this is uh Unfortunate. 
In the initial assessment, obviously, I'm assuming there were no x-rays done. It's just a, a manual assessment of your foot. Do we know the severity of the, of the fracture yet? Oh, we had it. next? We had an x-ray. You did? Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's broken. Um, you know, I'm, they're going to send me to a specialist to try to get a timeline. Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about, you know, where where it is and, you know, how long the recovery is. But I'm hopeful um, that it'll be closer to, you know, I don't even want to say a, a number because I just don't know. But um, I'm holding out hope that it'll be a situation where I could come back in the middle of September and, can you know, contribute towards a stretch run. So we'll see. I mean, that's my mindset is that I'll be back. I'm not going to, you know, let my mind go anywhere else. I don't want, I'm not even going to accept the fact that this is, will be it for me. So um, we'll see. And understanding you haven't seen the specialist yet, but did they give any indication that they think it will heal on its own? Or, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, it's we just got to we're going to have to look at it. I mean, it, there's definitely a, you know, a break as far as do I, you know, is, is surgery something that might happen? Maybe. I don't know. But, um, you know, I don't think if it is something that has to be healed with some surgery that will like add to the timeline, I think that if anything, it might help it. But, I, you know, again, these are questions. These are I don't know the answers to, but um, we should have something soon. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> he held it like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. 